0: There are days when you're humming along and everything is firing on all cylinders. The business is good, your family's good, when all of a sudden life throws you a massive curveball. As a small business owner, you're likely starting developing or growing your business to the tune of more, sometimes a lot more than 40 hours a week. Work-life balance doesn't seem to be an option at this point, and there really is no balance at all. Then something you would have never expected, a huge life event, has to have your attention. How do you keep the trains running? How do you be there for your family when a crisis comes? Is it even possible to do both? When a curveball comes your way, I say when because it's inevitable, maybe hearing how I got through it will help you. So, painting a picture of the fall of 2022. Our business was humming along. We felt like we're a little bit in the aftermath post COVID trying to figure out, you know, what happens with the business? How do we adjust? And it started to feel like we're starting to get a little bit of a rhythm. It's the beginning of a new school year. Both the kids had been in school for a year. And About Labor Day, my husband, Mike, had gotten some sort of pneumonia. He was coughing a lot. About a week after he had recovered, my dad also started coughing. And we thought, okay, well, maybe he caught what Mike had caught, even though they hadn't really been together that much. And we noticed that my dad just, he kept coughing. They put him on antibiotics. His cough got worse. It was something that was Constant. He was coughing through the night. He wasn't getting any sleep. His symptoms were getting worse. He started feeling really bad. My sister, who is a physician, and also my aunt, who is a physician, went ahead and ordered some scans and some tests, and that's when they started to see that something was was not normal and something was possibly very, very bad. Through more testing and his symptoms were getting worse, They discovered that he had a bunch of tumors in his chest, and that is when he was diagnosed with stage three lung cancer. And after an MRI on his head, they found out it was stage four lung cancer because it had actually spread to his brain. The news came faster, all of it just came a lot faster than I could even really imagine. My sister and my aunt, who are scientists and physicians, were like, this is bad, and I just I couldn't really accept it at the time because I just kept holding out hope that maybe it was something else and he'd be able to take some medicine and it would turn around. Again, it all just happened so fast. We went from diagnosis to, okay, we're going to make the next appointment. We're going to meet an oncologist. We're going to go to this appointment. He was very, very sick. And, you know, through some more diagnoses, he was finally admitted to the hospital. And his condition was really, it just declined so rapidly. And our oncologist, Dr. Zinner, we love him. He was able to give us hope in the beginning when it didn't feel like there was a lot of hope because he was just so sick. And no one could really give us really solid answers about what it all meant. And it was just step by step. We would learn about something else going on. He would go through another procedure, another round of testing. And it was just a big torpedo in our whole life. And it made everything else not matter anymore because it was just such an urgent situation it wasn't like we have six months to deal with this we have to deal with this now or he's not going to survive it wasn't a step-by-step this is what we have to do next it literally was just do the most important thing that can help dad survive and so what did that mean for me because i'm not a physician and I don't really understand what's going on, but I can be there to support my family. The joke was that I became the medical Uber. So I was helping to get whoever needed to go to an appointment, making sure that happened. You know, big shout outs to my husband, Mike, because he basically became a single dad as all of this was unfolding. And he said, you go do what you need to do to help your dad. I will take care of the kids however, you know, we need to to keep our family and our house going. And I mean, it was basically like going into a war zone. And there was a lot of discussions because there's no playbook. Okay, who can go to this appointment with him? Especially when he was admitted to the hospital. We set a goal as a family that he would never be by himself 24-7. And so we had to coordinate that. When he was in the ICU and and was in real bad shape, my sister pulled a lot of shifts because she was the one with the medical knowledge. And so as he started to get a little better, you know, I was pulling more night shifts and being there. It was very intense. When you're in it and it's just so constant, there is no real time to process. I definitely had a lot of moments where I just would come home and I would, I would just cry. I would just go into a room and I would cry and my kids would come in like, mommy, are you sad? And I was like, yes, mommy is very sad. And you know, they would see me while I was trying to process that and they would say, why are you sad? And I said, cause you know, Tha, who is the Thai word for grandfather is what my dad is called in our family. I said, cause Tha is very sick and I miss him a lot and I wish that he wasn't sick. And so, you know, we're basically just trying to move through life and just get through it. So there's not really a lot of time to think about processing your own emotions. Hey friends, Tao here popping in to share my excitement about one of my favorite companies in the whole world, Holly Hill & Co. If you are like me and are obsessed with food, especially local food, you will appreciate those special ties that happen around the table. Holly Hill & Co. believes like I do that food creates connection and community unlike anything else. That's why they take care to strengthen the ties across the generations between family, the farmer and the land, all the way to the food that ends up on your table. You can experience exactly what this means at one of Holly Hill's nine unique Central Kentucky restaurants and through subscribing through their beautiful emails. If you're in Kentucky, be sure to find the nearest location and get ready for an amazing experience with the most fantastic food. Holly Hill's co-founder is none other than my dear friend, James Beard-nominated chef Weta Michael, who's been a force on the Kentucky food scene for over 20 years. Learn more about their incredible food community by visiting hollyhillandco.com, where you'll find stories, recipes, how-tos, and even curated gifts. Again, that's hollyhillandco.com, and let them know that Tao from Crankin' Boom sent you. Hey friends, we couldn't be more stoked to have another amazing partner as one of our lead sponsors for the Crank and Boom podcast. I'm talking about none other than our friends at Gold Belly. If you haven't heard of Gold Belly, I am about to change your life because they are America's number one food marketplace and they ship the most famous Most regional, iconic foods from right around the country, right to your door. I honestly can't tell you how incredible it's been to work with these folks. We've been partnering with them since 2019, and since then, we have shipped our ice cream to all 50 states and Canada. What a fantastic way for our family business to reach a nationwide audience from our little corner of Kentucky. We're in pretty amazing company, too, because... They have everything from meal kits from top chefs like Nancy Silverton or Danny Meyer to local regional classics like Maine Lobster Rolls or Texas Brisket. And again, it's all available to ship right to your door. Just talking about this makes me so very hungry. So if you haven't taken advantage of Goldbelly's amazing offers, now's the time. Run over to their website at goldbelly.com and make your foodie dreams come true. That's goldbelly.com. And be sure to add a collection or two of Crank and Boom ice cream to your cart as well. So it was just being in this heightened state of hyper-crisis management mode for weeks and months on end. What a blessing for us, you know, as a family because my sister owns her own business. I own my own business. People were so generous to help provide food or childcare. All new projects got put on hold, anything that I was you know, directly involved in. And we just, we said, we're just gonna survive this. It was a tremendous comfort to me that I knew our team showed up. They were there to support me emotionally. They were there to say, don't worry, we've got this. We'll buzz you if we need something. So after a lot of bumpy ups and downs, there's days that you feel like you've conquered the world and there's other days that you feel so low because you just don't know what's going to happen next. One thing that was in our favor was my dad's cancer. He has a marker on the DNA of his cancer that is supposed to work really well with the medicine that they paired him with. He received radiation treatment as well as chemotherapy and immunotherapy. And the combination of all those treatments over the course of several, actually more than several months, four or five months, he's been able to recover. And we were able to get him to a place now to where we can say that he's cancer-free. So I share this story because It's really present and relevant in my life right now, but I also feel like there are some takeaways from the whole experience as a business owner that I was able to kind of pull from that really helped me through the whole process. So my first takeaway is something that I'm not very good at, but I was able to work that muscle during this whole process was to accept help and to build your village. I'm really not that great at asking for help because I come from an immigrant family so we just like do things on our own (laughs) and just knowing and opening my heart up and opening our time and and our space for people to come in to help us was such an uplifting experience and it was heartwarming and it was really something that it really got me personally through and if we had not shared our story or been really closed off and private about it I would have never been open to have that experience and that opportunity. So I went against my nature and opened myself up to ask for help and to let people know what was going on. Also to let people know why I disappeared off the face of the planet. And I think it's just so important that humans are social creatures, like we need one another. I'm grateful that I opened myself up to receive help and to have that village. And so the second thing that I took away that really helped me through this process was that you do not owe anybody anything. And by that, I mean, you don't have to text everybody back that texts you. You don't owe everybody an update on social media. You don't have to do the thing that you were obligated to do at school. You just don't owe anyone anything. Your priority is this. And I think when you surround yourself with people who love you and support you, they understand that and they support you in that. So the third takeaway that is inspired by Elsa from Frozen is to let it go. There's just so many things that you have to let go. Being able to mentally know okay, I'm not going to be able to answer emails. I'm not going to be able to answer Slack messages. Probably not going to be able to call them back for like another few months. But just giving yourself that space to have that freedom, I think, is so important. You know, as... I'm talking to you today. My dad's been on the golf course a few times and he finished his last chemotherapy session a couple weeks ago. He's going to the movies today. So (laughs) just doing real simple things of life that you take for granted when you are faced with the prospect of not being able to do those simple things. And so I'm just glad that he can, you know, come over to the house and fuss at me that I haven't done the laundry or whatever else he normally fusses about. I'm just glad that he's here to fuss at me for those things and that piece of life can feel normal again. Thanks so much for listening to my story here on the Crank and Boom podcast, and I hope what I took away and am still taking away from this experience will help you if you ever have to face something that blows up your life while you are on your personal and professional journey. I hope you'll join us next week for an all-new episode where we kind of start at the very beginning before your business ever gets set into motion and ask the big question... How do you know when this big idea you have to start a business is actually a good idea and when you should actually start? And you won't wanna miss it. And in the meantime, you can go find the show notes for this episode over at crankandboompodcast.com where you can stay up to date on all things podcasts and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Also, when you are listening to our show on whatever platform is your favorite, be sure to hit that follow button, and you won't want to miss anything that's going on with the show. And if you like what you heard today, it would mean so very much to me if you would leave a review. Also, when you are listening to our show on whatever platform is your favorite, be sure to hit that follow button, and you won't miss anything we've got going on with the show. And if you liked what you heard today, please leave a review. It would just mean so very much to me. That helps people find us, too. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what we're talking about and also what topics you'd like for us to cover on the show. Leave us a comment, and I would love to hear from you. I can't wait to meet you here again soon. Until next time, peace. This is a production of Four Eyes Media.